0: Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you and your life. Turn with me in your Bibles once again to the book of Ephesians. We're just now getting to some really good stuff in terms of... Well, there's been good stuff all along. Let's just not uh, mess that up by saying any otherwise. There's been some great stuff. But now we're getting to the point where uh, it's getting close to uh, not only understanding everything about ourselves as a Christian, what does it mean to be chosen of God? What does it mean to, uh, to be predestined from the beginning of time uh, to, uh, to have the opportunity to, to know Jesus Christ as our Savior and to have that love relationship with God and, and uh, God working that out in our lives and, and being sealed in the inheritance of God. Now we're coming close to Uh, chapter four where we put all that into practice and how we uh, work all that through and we're going to look at how we get all of that started and all that ignited within our our lives and all that uh, going good so let's join together for prayer and ask god to bless us as we seek to understand his word dear gracious father lord we pray that you would help us this morning As we uh, come to open Your Word and as we come to, to hear Your voice, Lord, help us to put all the distractions and all the things of this world outside. Uh, of your scripture. Uh, Lord, help us to put all that aside. Lord, help us to uh, to not be distracted by the things of this world, but rather, Lord, help us to be focused on your holy word. Lord, help us to be focused on your voice, uh, speaking through your word and through your message. Lord, we pray that you would help us to, to glean uh, the riches that are found there and learn how we might live according to your desire to be the body of Christ, to be uh, your bride within this world, uh, to be uh, the embodiment uh, of the Spirit of God uh, in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, So we've been looking uh, for these past several weeks about how uh, God has has made a plan and, and planned out uh, all of the process and how we should come closer to Him and have a r- deeper relationship. And you remember, uh, it's all because of sin that has separated us from God. It's all because of sin that has created this gulf, this vacuum, this uh, uh, this uh, 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 distance between us and God. And, and uh, I believe that, that God has... Uh, throughout Scripture, throughout history been working to bring mankind back into a right relationship with Him, back into this uh, right uh, position of being close to Him. And and listen, let's not be uh, uh, foolish about this. That's not going to be accomplished until the end of time when Uh, God um, uh, reestablishes His kingdom on this earth and and God uh, brings in a new heaven and a new earth. Uh, It won't be perfected until that point, but uh, God also is doing that within our own lives as well and god uh is working to bring us closer to him and working to uh, to uh, to make us in his image and we are being remade from the inside out and and so uh, we saw uh, we have seen this plan this progression, and we get to this point in uh, chapter three, in which god is 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 revealing to Paul, and and Paul is is sharing this with the church at Ephesus, and by doing so, he's sharing it with us and with others uh, that read this, uh, that... uh, this plan of God, this great mystery that Paul talks about, this uh, this great uh, information of how uh, we are coming together with God. And we come back to verse 14 in, in chapter 3. This is where uh, we have we have lighted upon. It says, for this cause I bow my knees. So what is this cause? Why is it that uh, Paul is, is bowing to pray? Why is Paul praying for the believers there in Ephesus. Well, it's because of all the things that he's been mentioning before now, because of who they are, because of who we are. It is because of our our place with God, that the fact that God has granted us uh, this great salvation, and and because of the fact that we are uh, the body of Christ, the fact that we are uh, brought back into this uh relationship with god and he says for this cause i bow my knees unto the father of our lord jesus christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man and that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of of Christ, which ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, or think according to the power that worketh in us, unto Him be glory in in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And so we see a great progression of power, a great progression of God working and moving in us and we have to understand though that uh, that for so many Christians as for so many people we we feel uh, they they feel as though uh, uh, they get to the point where they accept Jesus Christ as their lord and Savior and they come into church and they sit down and then they uh, uh, begin to uh, almost grow roots into the pew in terms of not uh, being effective and not being servants of God they, they feel like well okay I'm a Christian now I've gotten salvation I can sit back and, and wait for uh, Christ to return and I don't have to do anything else my work is done and Paul is saying no that's not the case that's not uh, how God intended for us to live as Christians that when we come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior when we have Jesus Christ in our life, then it is a time in which our, uh, for one thing, all of eternity begins for us. Uh, uh, the our uh, uh, eternal life begins at salvation. Uh, the point in which Jesus Christ comes and dwells within us and and uh, gives us salvation is when eternal life begins. It doesn't begin when we get to heaven. Eternal life begins uh, the moment you accept Jesus Christ into your heart and life. Uh, your, your spiritual life never ends from that point on. Your physical life, your life on this earth may come to an end at some point. Your physical life in, uh, on, in your body as it is today may come to an end because of, of uh, some kind of disease or, or some terrible accident or because of some... Uh, activity of some other person upon you may result in the fact that you lose your physical life here on this earth but your eternal life began when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior your eternal life as a Christian now uh, we in particular believe that we are all uh, when we all uh, are born that uh, that our life uh, for all eternity begins at that point and really in reality uh, your life is going to continue whether you become a Christian or not. Uh, your your life will either continue in the presence of God or it'll continue uh, in uh, eternity separated from God. And, but the Bible says that we have A uh, second death that comes if we don't accept Jesus Christ into our heart and life, and that second death is the death of our our spirit uh, going in eternity, separated from God. Uh, We're not. uh, We don't stop existing from the point that we're born we exist uh, for all eternity either in the presence of God in heaven or in eternity in separated from God in hell and so uh, we uh, as Christians begin our eternal life when we accept uh, with Christ uh, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior now how we live that life is determined uh, upon uh, the process in which we understand and know uh, uh, God's work in us. And so we want to talk about uh, this ignition process, uh, This these five steps in which we begin to live out uh, the life as a Christian that Paul has begin begun to tell us about and has begun to outline for us. And he begins in uh, verse 16. It says, uh, well, let's... Uh, where we began today was verse 14. For this cause I bow my knees unto uh, the Father uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family of heaven and earth is named. And so Paul is praying that they would understand and it's my prayer for you that you would understand and know how God desires for you to live how God desires for you to uh to be uh a part of the family of God how God desires for you to give God uh give him the glory in your life and uh he says in verse 16 that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. First of all, you need to understand that it begins with inner strength. It begins with this inner strength that He speaks of uh, in verse 16, uh, that God would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit. Uh, And what you need to understand is, is that uh, that God, uh, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, it is God who strengthens us and and paul is is praying that that God would help the, these new Christians and to help us as Christians to understand this inner strength that God grants us. This this inner strength of how uh, we are to live, the, the, of how we are to go about our life. We, we're we not living in our own power and our might. It is the by the power and might of, of Jesus Christ. We're not living in our own ability. It is the inner strength of God that He gives us. through. And the Bible says it is through His Riches and glory that He gives us this inner strength. It is according to his the abundance of His riches and glory. Um, uh, It's been described that uh, that God gives this uh, according to His... It says according to His riches and glory, not from His riches and glory. You notice that? Look there again. It says according to. Now, what's the difference between according to or from? OK, if you go to a rich man and you say, uh, 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 sir, I, I need to uh, I need five hundred dollars for uh, something that, that's going on in my life. I need five hundred dollars for surgery. OK. And the rich man says, OK, I'm going to give you from my wealth and from my wealth. I, uh, I can I realize that I can afford to give you four dollars and fifty cents. Now that's come, That's money coming from his riches. He's, he's got money. He's got uh, great wealth. But he determines that, well, uh, because of the actuary tables and because of all the things that are going on, uh, I can give you $4.50. Then another man goes to a rich man and says, uh, and that's, coming from his riches he's got uh, uh, millions of dollars and he says well i can only risk a certain amount and so i'm going to give you four dollars and fifty cents well that's nowhere close to the five hundred dollars that you needed then you have uh someone going to a rich man and, and but this rich man is going to give you according to his riches according he's going to give you in accordance to And so he goes to the rich man and says, I need $500. And the rich man says, I'm going to give you according to my riches, and I'm going to give you $1,000. It's not money from his wealth. It is is money according to his riches. He's got got millions of dollars, and because he's got such wealth, he's going to give you $1,000 because... Uh, it is according to his riches, not from his riches. And that's the the uh, distinction here. God is granting us inner strength, not from his strength. He's, he's not taking anything away from his strength. He's giving according to his riches. Uh, because of his great uh, wealth, uh, because of his great riches, God is ge- granting us this inner strength, inner strength in Jesus Christ, inner strength in order to be the, uh, the person that he wants us to be. And it says uh, that it is strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. And so what we see is God is giving us the strength of his spirit in us. Now, there's nothing, uh, how is it that it is according? You need to understand this, that everything that God gives us does not diminish God in any way. Understand? What God gives us doesn't mean that God is less God because He gives it to us. He gives it to us because uh, He is the source of all that, that we have. And so as a result, He gives us, according to His riches and wealth, the inner strength, Uh, by His Spirit. God gives us this strength, this empowerment, this strength in our life, uh, not from His strength, but according to His strength. And so God grants us the inner strength in the Holy Spirit. And God's Spirit doesn't ever diminish in our life. uh, And it is a Spirit that is uh, in our inner man. And this is the whole problem that I have with uh, people... Uh, when they, uh, they get saved, they under, uh, you need to understand that uh, the Spirit of God enters into your life. And uh, then there's other people that believe, well, you have to be filled by the Spirit. Well, uh, if, uh, if I have a cup here and I have a pitcher of water and I uh, am filled with the, uh, uh, the water into the cup, is there any more room to fill it any further if 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 when we get saved we're uh indwelled by the spirit, the spirit dwells in us fully completely there's no possible way that we could then come to a point in our Christian walk that we uh, that we all of a sudden become filled with the Spirit a second time or a different time because we're already full. We're already complete. The glass is full of water. You can't pour more water in it to be more full. It's already full. it's, it's What's it going to happen? It's going to overflow and, and there won't be any more uh, uh there's not any more capacity for water in the glass. It's just uh, just going to be poured out. Uh, so when we accept Jesus Christ into heart and life, we are uh, filled with the Spirit of God but it is how we react to that Spirit. It is how we allow the Spirit to indwell within us. It is uh, uh, the Spirit of God comes and fills our life when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we have a choice, a decision. Am I going to live by the Spirit or am I going to live by the flesh? And Paul talks about this in one of his other epistles that we we have to walk by... The Spirit not walking by the flesh. And that's the indwelling that He's talking about here of the inner strength is the inner strength to do what is uh god is calling us to do it is the strength in which uh we uh when we come to a, a decision in our life when we come to temptation in our life we need to decide am i going to walk in the flesh or am i going to walk in the spirit am i going to walk according to god's desire for my life or am i going uh, or am i going to walk according to my own desire and that's what this is talking about, is the inner strength, the inner strength to be able to walk in the Spirit. And, and that is the first step, is to walk in the Spirit of Christ, uh, to walk in His Spirit uh, in the inner man. And secondly, we come uh, to the fact that we are indwelled by the Spirit of Christ. Uh, it says, uh, that we would, uh, that He would grant you according to the riches and the glory to be strengthened with the might of His Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your heart by faith and that you be rooted and grounded in love. And So verse 17 says, uh, brings us to the second point, and that is the point of being indwelled by Christ. Now when Christ comes in, uh, and lives in our heart and life as a Christian, uh, we invite him into our, our life like you would invite someone into your home. Let me ask you something. Um, if, uh, if I was to... <coughs> it's a funny thing being a pastor. <coughs> when, when you're a pastor and you go uh, visit someone's home and you knock on their door, uh, uh, you have a couple of different responses when you knock on their door uh first of all you you have especially if they're not expecting you to come and and knock on their door you knock on their door uh you uh, as a pastor i sat sit on uh many a porch uh stoop waiting to be allowed in because uh they find out it's me and they all, all of a sudden they hear all this rustling inside all these people doing all this kind of stuff and uh uh and and uh the question is is, is okay what's going on in there Uh, uh what's happening and what what's going on is is that uh people live a certain way when it's just family coming into the home right um, now there's some people that, that live this way and not everybody does. Now understand, uh, you have your home a certain way when you know, it's just going to be you in the house and you and the family members. But if you were to have a visitor, an important visitor, maybe the pastor, or if, uh, let's say, uh, uh, somebody that is. Uh, uh, very important, well-off or well-to-do or or of high significance the President of the United States the Queen of England uh, uh, a celebrity or something like that if one of those people were to knock on your door on Saturday morning and uh, and ask to come in that you weren't expecting, uh, uh, would you find that you're uh, hurrying around the house, putting away certain things, making up the bed real quick, uh, uh, putting clothes in the hamper where they should be instead on the floor, uh, straightening up, making sure that the, uh, all the... All the uh, table counters are, are cleared of all the all the clutter and all that kind of stuff. You dust up a little bit real quick or something like that, and. This is the distinction here in terms of the indwelling of Christ. When we accept Jesus Christ into heart and life, He comes in and, dwell, uh, and dwells within us and comes in to live. But uh, the thing is, is that uh, we're not we're not tasked with the responsibility of of cleaning house before Christ comes in. What the thing what this is talking about is is is. A, Allow, uh, inviting Christ to come into our life and allow Him to do the cleaning and the straightening up. You see, if you clean up, you're going, what are you going to do? You're going to shove all your stuff in a corner and put something in front of it. You're going to lift up the carpet and sweep all the dirt underneath the carpet because you don't have time to get rid of it. Uh, you're going to put all the stuff you're embarrassed about, you're going to throw all that in a closet and close the door and tell the person not to go in there. And what the indwelling of Christ is, is that Christ has granted access to every aspect of your life. Every room. So He's going to come into the living room and He's going to clear out all the clutter, all the things that ought not to be in there. Then he's going to go into the kitchen and he's going to clean things up and and get rid of all the nasty stuff that shouldn't be there. Then he's going to go into the study and he's going to make sure that there's nothing in there that is disrespectful, dis, uh, 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 that's wrong, that, that shouldn't be in there. He's going to clear out all of that stuff and when the indwelling of Jesus Christ is a part of your life. When you are in well by Jesus Christ. He's not just invited to come in as a guest. He's invited to come in as a permanent resident. He comes in and He changes everything in your life and He casts out all the things that are are not supposed to be in there. He gets rid of all the filth that you shouldn't have in your life. He gets rid of all the bad language, all the bad humor. (coughs) He gets rid of all the bad habits. (coughs) Excuse me. He gets rid of all the things that you shouldn't be looking at. He gets rid of all the things you shouldn't be listening to. He gets rid of all those things because why? Because He is holy and He is not to be dwelling in a place where it's unholy. And so God is seeking to transform your life and when Christ dwells in your life, he gets rid of all that stuff. The problem is, is that we want to still lay claim to our closets and our uh, attic ways and, and a basement. We want to hold on to all the things that we used to, to do and all the things that we used to find pleasure in and then wonder why Christ isn't indwelling in us and making us into the people that we want to be as Christian. We try and hold on to all those sinful things. We try and hold on to all those things that we shouldn't have in our life. And when the indwelling of Jesus Christ occurs in our life, He comes in and He gets rid of all that stuff that shouldn't be there. All the music we shouldn't be listening to, all the TV programs we shouldn't be seeing, all the uh, bad things that we read on the internet, all the bad things that we are uh, participating in our life, all the bad habits that we've had in our life, all the bad things that we shouldn't have been doing all along, Christ comes in and He says, you know, I I am indwelling in this place and as such it is to be clean. And your life is cleaned out when you're indwelled uh, indwelled by Jesus Christ. In the presence of... Would you have anything disrespectful towards the King in your household if you were inviting Him to come in? And to take up residence in your house, that's a slap in the face. No, when he comes in, he cleans it all out. Everything that is disrespectful, everything that is contrary to his desire, he gets rid of it. And then in verse 17 it says, Once we have the indwelling of Jesus Christ in our life, after He has given us the strength of His Spirit to be filled with the Spirit, and Christ is dwelling within us, then the amazing thing happens. We begin to have an incomprehensible love that is far beyond our understanding, all, far beyond all the things that that we could understand the people that we once couldn't stand, the people that we couldn't once be around at one time before we had Christ in our life, all of a sudden we understand that, hey, Jesus died for them too. Jesus died for that person over there. And I'm called to love him or her just as much as Jesus Christ loved them. How much did Jesus love them? Oh, just enough to go to the cross and die in their place. How much am I called to love them? Just enough to give my life for their life too. And so all of a sudden, once Christ comes in and begins to dwell within my life, and He begins to live in and through me, and I have the strength of the Spirit in my life in which I can live for Him, all of a sudden I begin to love people like Jesus loves them. I begin to love my neighbor more than I love myself. I begin to see people that are in need and I see that they have a greater need than I have for what I have. And they have an understanding uh, and a need for Jesus Christ in their life. And so I desire to give to them all that Christ has given me. Because by doing that, Christ just keeps heaping it on my life and giving me love after love after love after love. And so the love that I share with my brother, uh, my people down the street, my neighbors, the co-workers, the people that I meet at the store, the the people that I meet in at, at, at the gas station, because. Christ loves me and is empowering me to have that strength of the Spirit and the dwelling of of Jesus Christ in my life. I began to love people like Christ loves. I can't help but do that because Christ is living in me. And I just keep moving and moving and moving closer to what Christ wants me to be to the point where I come to verse 19. He says... Not only do I have uh, the Spirit of Christ living in me and Christ is dwelling within me and I have His love in my life. He says that I may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and depth and the height of what? His love. And to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. I have the love of God within me, the love of Jesus Christ in me that I might be able to be filled with the fullness of God. You see, here's the Trinity right here within me. In my, uh, I have the Spirit of God working in my life. Jesus Christ has come to dwell within me and then all of a sudden the, uh, the presence of God the Father is filling my life and He is filling me to the point that now it's nothing for me to see that I have been called to be holy because He is holy. It is nothing because His His fullness is dwelling within me. He says that I may know the love of Christ which passes the knowledge that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. You see, I cannot be filled with the fullness of God until I first love like Christ love. Until I begin to have the attributes of Jesus Christ, can I ever have the possibility of understanding and knowing how to live as God has called me to live. And when I am able to be Uh, filled with the fullness of God, I finally come to the very tipping point. Now unto Him that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. Who is that? That's God the Father. I can't be there yet until I have the fullness of God in my life. I can't be there yet. Uh, I can't have the fullness of God until Christ dwells within me. I can't have Christ dwelling within me until I'm empowered by the Spirit of, of God to be the person that He wants me to be. Now unto Him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I ask or think. Why? Because it's nothing to God to be able to go beyond all that I can think, above and beyond all that that I can comprehend. It's not until then that I understand the true power of what Christ and what God desires for my life. It's not until then that we really see and understand the true power in which God enables His church to live within this world until we are indwelled by the the fullness of God until we have the love of God that is that is goes beyond all our understanding that's so incomprehensible. Why? Because uh, you have to be filled with Christ and Christ has to dwell within you and Christ has to change and transform your life. You can't have that kind of love until Christ is dwelling within you and you can't have Christ living within you until you are indwelled by the inner strength of the Spirit of God who invites you, brings you into the very presence of Jesus. Christ. So it is then that we come finally to verse 20 and we're able to live exceedingly and abundantly beyond all our comprehension until and then we get verse 21. That's when when we live according to that great power that is within us and when we finally get to that point in which the great power of God is moving and, and dwelling within our presence and in our church, that is when we are finally able to say, unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all the ages. We'll never glorify God in this church until we have all our believers living in the power of Jesus Christ, living in the power of the fullness of God, living in the power of His Spirit within us, exhibiting the incomprehensible love of God to a world that is lost and dying. We want to be the church. The kind of church that gives God the glory in all that we do, gives God glory in the fact that we're able to live, uh, that people look at us and say, you know, there's something different about those people down there. I don't know what it is, but I want to go find out. And they, when they come here, they see the Spirit of God living within us. They see the indwelling of Jesus Christ. They see the exceeding and uncomprehensible love of Christ within us. They see the fullness of God in our life, and they see the dynamic. Adamic power of God uh, with the fullness of God in His presence in this place and they understand and they know that they need to have Jesus Christ in their life. They understand and they know that God is working and moving here. They have no doubt that God is in this world because they see Him demonstrated in this place and God will be glorified in all that we do. You see, God doesn't require that we have a church of 10,000 people or that we have a church of a thousand people. God doesn't require that we have a church that has a big orchestra or has a choir of 300 people. God doesn't require that we have any of those things, but God does require that we give Him the glory. And that's how we give Him the glory. By allowing His presence to live within us. Allowing His fullness to be here in this place. And we live according to His will and desire in our life. To exhibit His love. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Gracious Father, Lord, we praise You that You give us such a wonderful path in which we might follow You, in which we might see the great power that You have desired to fill our life with Your presence, with Your love, that You might abide within us, indwelling us, allowing us to exhibit Your wonderful love. Lord, may we glorify You And all that we do, may we be a church that exhibits your glory, that others might know Christ, that others might become a part of the family of God, that they too might be filled with great power that comes with knowing you as Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.